This is the story. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, kingdom builder, healer. He is the King of glory. He is the resurrecting Savior. They expected a conqueror, but instead they got a servant, crucified and lifted high. And the marks on his hands have just marked for salvation. Well, good morning and welcome to Belong Church. We're so glad that you're with us on this third service, third Sunday in the month of September. And if you're just now joining us, I want to let you know what we're doing. Um, I felt in the beginning of the, the end of summer, actually, that we miss a lot in the church world about what people's perceptions are and conceptions of what Jesus did. And, and a lot of it is just done by what people think or they're telling someone else about it. And so I really felt this impression that we should go through the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and do one a month. And we're challenging everybody, and I know it's a big ask, but I'm challenging everyone to actually try and read through the book that corresponds to that month, as many times as you can. So I personally am listening to it. It's a lot easier for me to do that. I can do that while I'm driving down the road. And you can go to our website, belongdfw.com, and you can click on the button. It'll take you right to where the link is. We're doing the Stephen B. Stevens version of it and the NASB version. And it's just awesome. And then the messages throughout that entire month are then also done out of that month out of that book, excuse me. So last week, we were looking at the sower and the seed. And the past few weeks, I've actually had a lot this like weighing down on top of me and just feeling like there's a, uh, the weight of the world, if not literally, but you know, there's a lot of different situations and a lot of different things that are going on. And so uh, as, I, as I'm putting all this together, we landed in the next version of this and the next message and the next of this series looking at the book of Mark. And last week we looked at one of the, the words that really popped up was finding freedom. And of course that's the number two in our core values, to know God, to find freedom. And we saw last week that we are all in the process of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And we saw that word literally means to have deliverance. So as we looked at the parable that Jesus said of the sower and the seed and the soil, and last week we dug really deep into that there's a process that we can take the, the really just hardened hearts, the thing where, man, people just mowed over us and just everything's just packed down because so many things have happened bad in our lives, and we can work the ground till we get it to the process of being able to be the good ground that Jesus talks about that. So this morning, we're going to pick up right after that. So now we're in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. If you've got your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen with me. And here, here we are. So that day, when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff here in this story, and I'm going to read a whole bunch of scriptures, and we're going to kind of tell the story right out of the book of Mark this morning. But I want you to see that they're going over to the other side. So this is actually a lake, and I'm going to show you a picture of it in a moment. But they're actually leaving from Capernaum, and you'll see that in the, in the image later on. But they're leaving to go over on the other side. So this is a lake, and they're getting in, and they're going to cross over. It's a pretty significant lake. And so they're going to go over to the other side. Verse 36, 
Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, Jesus, just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. And then verse 37, a furious squall, which literally means hurricane winds, came up and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So now I, I just want to pause here for a second and, and just put it in context. And what I always say, if you've heard any messages by me, you probably have heard me either talk about John 10.10 10 or heard me say this phrase that I'm about to tell you, and that is to put yourself in the Bible. So we're not merely going to just read through the story, but we're also going to think, what if that was me in the boat? What if in this story I find myself in that boat? So the context would be that Jesus chose all of these fishermen, guys that have been, that have been reared and grown up on the lakes, on the ocean, on the seas, and all the different things, and they're fishermen. So they not only are out there just on the side of the shore, but they've gone out into the deep. And one, one story that Jesus actually said, they went out into the deep, and they didn't catch anything. He said, hey, go and put your nets on the other side. And they came back. And this, they were very well accustomed to the water. Now, I'm personally not that big of a fan of water, and um, the bathtub is great. I love the bathtub, but anything bigger than that, anything that's got waves or an undertow on it, I'm like, no, thank you, I'm good. Please, let's check that box and go on. But here they are. They're very well accustomed to that. Now, I think we could just skip right over that, and in this story, we wouldn't understand but this is a boat and several other boats that are out there with them we just saw. And all of a sudden, literally hurricane winds, this furious squall. So this is not your average storm. Now, fishermen will tell you that you're out there and there's going to be some storms and you may get seasick a little bit until you get your sea legs under you or you've got all these situations, but they get accustomed to that. But here in the next um, verse, we see that Jesus was in the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples who were fishermen, who were accustomed to the waves, accustomed to all the, the rocking in the boat and the storms and everything, they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care? If we drown, so this storm is so bad, it's got the fishermen, the guys who are accustomed to being out on the boats at all night, it's got them scared they're about to die. Have you ever been in a situation where it seems like everything you've known up to now this is the worst thing possible, and, and there's nothing that I can put a reference point onto this, but this is really, really bad. And here Jesus is physically and literally with them, and they go and wake him up and say, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? But now, putting ourselves in the Bible, it's easy for us to look at them and go, wow, but don't we do the same thing? When we have a storm in our life that seems bigger than anything we've ever seen, when this thing seems like it's just going to take us over, and said the waves were literally going over so much that it was filling up the boat, so it's, it's more water's coming in there faster than they can get it out. That's not a good thing. Have you ever been in that situation? Maybe you're going through something right now, and you're saying, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to make it. God, where are you? God, do you even care if I drown? 
It seems like you're not even around here at all. It seems like you're just out there somewhere else. And, and Jesus, don't you even care? Verse 39, he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And, and be still literally means to muzzle, like, <clears throat> you know, like stop it. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? And, and here's a, a, a better translation of that if you look at the exact word. And I had mercy on Michael and, and on you guys, so you're going to have to trust me. I'm not giving you the Greek word for this. But it literally means, why are you in awe or reverence? So I, I think we're kind of fast-forwarding a little bit here that Jesus spoke to the, to the wind and to the storm and to this hurricane winds that's coming along here. And immediately they die down, and they're in awe. Because we see in verse 41, it says, And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. See, they were in awe at Jesus' authority to just speak a word. To say, put a muzzle on it. Like, stop it. And all of a sudden, this entire storm. Now again, putting yourself in the Bible. Imagine you're there and you think you're about to die. And Jesus speaks one word and all of a sudden everything is perfect. It didn't just get less windy. It didn't just get less water coming into the boat. All of a sudden, and he said, why are you in awe? Why is that what caused you to have reverence? Why do you still have no faith? And, and remember, we looked at a few weeks ago, the word faith literally means persuaded. Why, have, after all you've seen, are you not persuaded? Why are you not at this higher level yourselves? Continuing on. It picks up with the next chapter, and, and the translators had to put breaks in there to, to try and make it easier for us to say, hey, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter, and here we go. But it really just continues on with the story. So here we see in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, they went across the lake. See, it's the same lake they were just going across. So here they started in Capernaum, and you'll see it on the map here. You'll see they started up here at Capernaum, and they're going across the lake, and they're landing in the, the Gazarenes. So they made this trek across this big lake. Verse 1, they went across the lake to the regions of the Gerasenes. So they made this journey. This is not just a whole nother chapter that's starting off with a new thing that's going on. But this is literally the continuation from Mark chapter 4. Verse 2, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore. Anymore. That means that they've found him before, and this has been a long-standing problem, and, and this has been a big, big, big situation going on for we don't even know how long. We don't know how old he is. We don't know what, at what point in his life this happened, but he is out there, and he is just naked. He's running around terrorizing everybody, and he's bound with a demonic spirit that's taken over his body. 
says not even with a chain. So think about the big chains that they would have had back then that they could like hold him down and, and bind him up. And, and this demonic spirit gave such um, supernatural strength that they was able to break every one of them. Verse 4. For he had often been chained hand and foot, and he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. If you ever watched cops and saw, you know, someone that's strung out on drugs and they've got this problem and they're, they're fighting the cops and you've got four or five or six or seven of them and they're tasing him and they're pepper spraying and they got all this stuff and man, he's just throwing them off left and right. Well, that is what is going on here except on steroids. And they didn't have any tools to, to try and take him down. Can you imagine today if, if, you know, law enforcement tried to arrest somebody like this and they put the handcuffs on him and he just snaps them off. It's like there was a problem going on, and they left him outside the city, and they tried to act like he wasn't there. Continue on. Verse 5. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. See, he's not happy with what's going on in his life. He's not happy with the demonic um, possession and influence that's going on, and he's crying out, I believe, for help. And he's so distraught and everything, he's cutting himself. And, and we see similar things today. Isn't that interesting? Because one of the things that so many young people face today is cutting. They, they feel so numb to things that they're trying to cut themselves in all different places. Sometimes we see it, oftentimes, where places they can't see it, just so they feel some kind of thing to know that they're alive. I want to suggest to you that this guy isn't the only one that has some kind of demonic thing that's trying to come up. Am I saying that everybody who tries to cut is demon-possessed? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying there is still a demonic oppression that is going on today. And we see in this example, he's crying out, I believe, for help. And many times there are still people all around us that are crying out for help, and we need to be sensitive to them. And when someone's cutting themselves, that's not natural. And we need to pray and ask God, hey, what is it we can do to help them and pray for them? Continuing on, verse 6. And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Now, again, let's put a timer, a time out on this. So Jesus just left Capernaum, got in the boat. They're going across this gigantic storm came up that seems like it's going to take them out. It didn't wake up Jesus, but they woke up Jesus because these guys that are accustomed to the sea and the lake and everything, they didn't see a storm ever in their life that was this bad. And so they're waking up Jesus like, we're going to die. Wake up. Make it to the other side. First thing they're greeted with is this guy. And from a distance, he recognizes Jesus. Now, we see that Jesus hadn't been here before. This is Jesus' first time coming here. And as he's approaching, these demons inside of him recognize who Jesus is, and they ran and fell on their knees in front of Jesus. Continuing on. And he shouted at the top of his voice, this is the man, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. In other words, he's like, hey, it's not time, it says in another translation. 
This isn't the time that you're going to torture us and send us to the place prepared for the angels that are fallen. Hey, it's not time yet. Why are you here? You're, you're freaking me out now. Verse 8, but Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion, of course, is, a, is a, a numbering thing you use in military for the ranking, and there's a legions of this or legions of this. We even see it today that there's the American Legion, talking about the, the men and, and, you know, I'm sure women that were in the previous wars, and that, that's a place they can go. It's the, the bunch of them getting together, many of them. Continue on, verse 10. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Look at that. He begged Jesus not to send them out of the area. So this is not the man talking to Jesus. This is the demonic spirits that has just named themselves Legion because there's so many, you don't even have, have time to list all of their names and all the different things that are, you know, the impureness of their spirits that is there. There's so many of them. And they're begging Jesus, hey, it's not time for us. Please don't send us. We don't want to leave where we're at. That's very important. Keep that. If you're taking notes, circle that, underline it, because I did that on purpose. Verse 11, now a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. Again, stop. This is Jewish people. It is against the law. It's against their customs. It's against the law of Moses for them to eat pork, to have anything to do with it. It makes them unclean, even being around them. Why do they raise pigs at this place? Why are there so many that are going on here that this is the industry that's going on here? And what do you think they're doing with the pigs? Likely, they're consuming them, they're eating them, so they're participating in things that are not in the covenant of the Old Testament. Verse 12, the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs and allow us to go into them. And I'm not going to go too deep into this right now, but just as a point of reference, if you're taking notes, it's a good thing to have in your notes that demons are spirits without a body. So when they're looking for um, influence, they're looking for a body to take over. So when someone is demon-possessed like this man is in this example, it is his physical body, his flesh and blood that is yielded over control, and this demonic spirit or spirits, as we see here, come in and take over the body. So as Jesus is telling them to leave, they don't leave and go to nowhere they're going into something, another body, and so they're asking, hey, can we go into the pigs? And Jesus said, yes. He gave them permission, verse 13. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs, and then the herd about 2,000, 2,000 pigs. They're not supposed to be doing this. 2,000 pigs rushed down the steep bank. Where? Into the lake. And we're drowned. I heard Mike Massa in a meeting we were at. He was talking about this scripture. And he, he just kind of really blew my mind with this whole thing. And he says, you know, the storm that happened in the end of chapter 4 was not a natural storm. 
It wasn't a regular, hey, there's some rain coming down, there's some waves lapping up. He said this was a demonic force that was resident in that lake that was trying to prevent Jesus from making it to this place that was a stronghold. Do you remember? Jesus made his way over there, and the demons are saying, hey, we don't want you here. What are you doing here? And We don't want to leave this place. Please don't make us leave this place, this region. And where did they go in this place? Into the lake that Jesus had just come across. They just had this big, huge storm. This is a demonically oppressed region that is going on here. And many of it is because we believe of the choices that the, all the people in that whole area and region were making. I mean, raising pigs when they're not supposed to is the least of all the things, but allowing this man to be tormented and not to be concerned with it is another big issue. Verse 14, those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and all the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed. How many of you know, if there's a guy that's been possessed and he's crazy, he's crying out, he's screaming, and he's cutting himself, and the people are trying to chain him and to keep him, keep the rest of the people safe from him, and he keeps breaking the chains. Everybody knows who this guy is. And they get there and they find him, verse 15, sitting there, dressed, no longer naked, in his right mind, that means he wasn't in his right mind before. And look at this. And they were afraid. Why are they afraid? If you saw the torture of someone in your community and someone that you've been around, and maybe you will go really far out of your way to walk the other side, you should have some compassion in them to see that, man, they've got something bad going on. I feel really bad for them. And then you see them get delivered and see them sitting there and they're dressed now and they're in their right mind. Wouldn't you go, man, that's so awesome. Tell me about it. Would you be afraid? You see, there's a whole lot more going on in this region than just the few players we see. They were afraid. Look what they did. Verse 16, and those who told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs too. It's like, hey, by the way, all this stuff that we were raising and we were cultivating and these areas of sin that we know we're not supposed to be doing and we're, we're going, hey, they're all gone. The demons went into them and they went off the thing. And look at what this, verse 17, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region see this region has got a whole lot going on from that lake where the the demonic is just flowing in there and then the the man that's demon possessed and then the raising of the pigs and now the people and all their mindsets and everything and now instead of saying jesus this is great you've come to deliver us they're like jesus please get in your boat and go can you imagine that can you imagine someone that's so in bondage that rather when the deliverer is there, they'd rather see him go than to see him bring deliverance to them? 
As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. He's coming and saying, Jesus, please don't leave me here. They had no compassion on me. They did nothing for me. Can I please? I mean, I want to be a disciple now. I want to come and go with you. But I recognize what you have. Jesus did not let him, verse 19. He said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Again, a side note. Didn't say, look how much Jesus of Nazareth, here's my business card. We're going to plan a crusade coming up. Make sure you go to my website and fill. No, 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 no. He's giving all the credit and all the glory to God. He says, tell them what the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. Can I tell you, we all have storms of difficulties in our life. We have times of difficulty that, that turn into storms that, that are just things that we look at and we go, man, I don't know why I'm going through this. And it may be even something that you're saying, man, I've got this uh, situation that I'm going through and I'm, I did something wrong and I'm, I'm now take, I'm reaping the benefit of that. Or you say, man, I don't know what happened to me. And maybe you are even feeling like there's something way more going on inside. We all have times of difficulty and face the storms in our lives. But let's look again at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. This is talking about a relationship. Be strong in the Lord. Man, be plugged into God and plug into His mighty power. That it isn't what I think. It isn't how I think everything should go. And, and just going by myself made man. But man, I'm going to be plugged into God. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Look. Against the deep devil's schemes. Against the devil's schemes. See, this wasn't a one-time, this wasn't a one-off situation where Jesus went in and there was this demonic attack on the, on the lake that came against them and then this guy that had been bound and, and you know, kept breaking all the chains and running around screaming and cutting himself and running around naked and all this stuff. It, this isn't a one-time deal. The devil has schemes. Continues to talk about the levels in verse 12 of the hierarchies. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And I went into this a great deal several weeks ago. But it is against, and here we see the hierarchy that is listed in the legions of demonic, and in the hierarchy, the chain of command, if you will, the rulers, and against the authorities, and against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So there's all these different levels and layers of all these attacks that come here, but they're all summed up in verse 11, the devil's scheme. Verse 13, so put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes. Now, nobody wants to hear this, and this is not the time that you say, amen, Pastor Kevin, preach it, because no one wants to hear when the day of evil comes. 
We want to hear, once you accept Jesus, once you surrender your life, all your problems are over. I'm telling you, that is not the case. When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. But again, I want us to put a pause here. What if you don't put on the full armor of God? What if you're not prepared? The day of evil is still going to come. What happens then? You're going to find yourself in a great place of needing deliverance because you're not prepared for the fight that is before you. See, we all face the devil's schemes. We're all going to go through that time and that situation where the devil's schemes are coming against us. When the day of evil comes, we all face that. But I love Psalm 23, verse 4, closing. Even though I walk through the valley and I was talking to a couple of people this week, and, and some, I told you at the beginning of the message, there's just some things that have been weighing down on me, and just some situations, and, and some things that we're praying and asking God to, to really move and see some change happen in. David is saying here in Psalm 23, though I walk through the valley, this is a low point in my life. The, man, I may make it to the other side and climb to the mountaintop again, or this may be the end. And certainly there's the, the, the legitimate valley that is there, and there's also the metaphor that we're talking about. If you're at a low point in your life, and you feel like the devil's schemes that are coming against you, you could say, man, I'm in that low point, and, and I can relate to David saying this, that even though I walk through the valley, look at this, of the shadow of death. The next screen is highlighting the shadow of death. That you feel like in the bottom, at the, at the very bottom of this valley, at the lowest point of your life, that even death is overshadowing you. Like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this. Isn't that where the disciples were with Jesus? They're at a low point in that boat. And the storm that we see was likely a demonic attack on them. This gigantic hurricane coming against them. They're like, man, we're used to weather. But we're scared for our lives. I walk through the shadow of death. Death is overshadowing me in this lowest part of my life. I love the next part. I've highlighted it for you. I fear no evil. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to fear evil. I don't have to fear the, the demonic attacks that are coming against me, the, the, the bad things that are coming from my left and my right. Man, I can go through this storm. I can cross this lake without being fearful. Next screen. This is the greatest. For you are with me. 
He's not talking about his buddy there. He's not talking with his ride-or-die partner there. He's talking about God. But now, let me just break that down just a little bit more as well. We all face storms and struggles and influences. We all do. There's not one of us that's not going to have a storm. Not one of us is not going to have a struggle or the influence that are coming against us is trying to take us down or take us out. But are you doing it alone? Or are you doing it with God? See, because if we all face storms and God isn't with us, that's a pretty bad place to be. If you've got a struggle that's coming against you and you don't have the help of God, you're in really sad shape. If these demonic influences are coming against you, you're going to end up like that guy outside of town that cutting himself, crying out for help all the time. And there's no solutions. But I love the last part of that verse of Psalm 23. But I know that you are with me. Can I tell you the greatest thing about being a Christian and having accepted Christ in our life and having this relationship to, is that I'm walking through these struggles. I'm walking through these valleys. I'm walking through the mountaintops with God. This is a personal relationship that I've got going on with Him. He's got going on with me. It's not, Jesus, are you even concerned? That I, no, He's like, hey, I'm right here with you. We're going through this together. Last week we saw we're working out our salvation, our deliverance with our workout partner. As cheesy as that was. He wants to be with us in every single area of our lives. Please bow your heads with me. My first question today is this. Is God with you? Have you accepted him? Have you taken the time? Has there been a moment in time where you surrendered your life and said, God, I've tried to do it on my own, but here, I'm going to give it over to you. Has it moved from knowledge of just, man, I, I've heard this, I'm reading the Bible, or I, I think I know this about God, and it's moved into a relationship? See, your relationship with God is way more than a wiki Wikipedia. Reading and just knowing some information. It is a relationship. Where do you find yourself today? I want to invite you that today can be your day. I want to invite you to take that step to surrender your life to God, to, to pray that prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just a simple prayer. I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to say it with me. I'm just here to help you with the words. If that's you this morning. Say, God in heaven, I want to know you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for paying for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for doing life on my own for making mistakes. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life.
number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. The day I give you my life. Now, Father, I just pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe many times before. I know that your word says that all of heaven rejoices when we come to you and we, we pray and we walk into this place of surrender with you. Lord, I know that that's not where it stops, that this is just the beginning. To know you, it begins with a first-time introduction, but then it comes the, the relationship building, getting to know you. Father, I pray all of us get to know you better each and every day. Father, I thank you for newness of life that is there and is available for each one that took the time and, and surrendered their lives and said, God, I don't even understand it. I'm still just trying to check everything out, but I'm going I'm to give you a shot. Father, we also can't talk about the demonic influence. We can't talk about the storms and the struggles and, and all these things that come against us without now turning and rebuking them. And Lord, even as Jesus said to his muzzle, like, Sip, stop it. He said to come out. Father, we speak your word into everyone's life and everyone, the sound of my voice, everyone who's watching this video and listening to this podcast, God, I stand in the office of the pastor and I declare to be free in the name of Jesus. To be free from the storms, to be free from the struggles, to be free from demonic influences. And I recognize they may need to go and have follow-up and, and walk through deliverance of God. There are additional steps. And we saw last week there's a lot that we've got to do to continue working on our lives. But God, right now, I just speak that muzzling word that Jesus said, stop it, to the demonic. To those voices that are telling people to cry out and to cut themselves and, and to cause this bondage to keep people locked up. Lord, even for someone that may have opened up doors that they didn't even know. But Lord, you'll reveal those things to each one of us. And Lord, you're so merciful. And even as you told the man, freed now from the demons, to go and tell people how the Lord had mercy. Lord, I ask you to have mercy on me and everyone else that's praying with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in closing, if you made that step today, we want to ask you to take one additional step, and we want to be able to talk with you and to be able to help you take your next step. So if you would, text the word NEXT, N-E-X-T, it's at the bottom of your screen right there, to the number 469-289-1114. That's the, text the word NEXT to 469 289 1114. And that's how we're able to communicate with you through texting. And we find that's a really awesome way to communicate back and forth. And it's just, it start, opens up the dialogue and we're able to help you and show you what your next steps could be if you want to take them. And of course, we want to hear your testimonies. We want to hear what God's doing. We see all the different points on the map of where people are listening and, and what uh, we see where they're watching and all this stuff. But we want to hear what God's doing in your life. And, and just as the as Jesus told that man that we saw today in Mark chapter 4 and Mark chapter 5 to go and, and tell people about the goodness of God. You need to tell your testimony. We want to hear it too. 
And I encourage you to invite people to, to listen to this. And maybe you want to just copy this URL and, and send it to somebody that you know that's going through this same struggle and say, hey, man, I, I, I thought about you. And I, not that you got anything wrong with you, not that you got demon possession going on or anything like that, but I thought you might be interested in this and invite them to take this journey with us. Lastly, if you want to be a part of the financial solution that is supporting this church and, and everything that, that it takes money to have a ministry and to do all the things that we're doing, you can simply go to give to belong and that's also at the bottom of your screen. GiveToBelong.com, and it's really simple. And there's also a texting um, option that we can give you that's e much easier even than just going to the website. But everything in the world you want, we have it as easy as you can. You can find our podcast anywhere you find any of your podcasts. We're on YouTube. We've got, our, oh, we got everything on there. It's all on our website. So everything is there for you. Let's pray and be dismissed. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this message. Lord, I thank you for delivering the weight that you gave me to give this message. Lord, I thank you for the freedom that's coming to so many just from hearing your words and reading it out of the Bible and hearing just the raw of how it was with you. Not even filtered through what I think, but God, your word, it says, will never return void, but it accomplishes much. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone that, that is listening to us and is taking this journey. Lord, the ones that have decided to go all in today, for the one who's decided to start tithing and, and has tithed this week, Father, I speak a blessing over all of these things. And we give you all the glory and all the honor goes to you, Jesus, Father God. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.